Hello everyone and welcome to the MF Gamers Top 10 Podcast and this month it is Jimbo's Top 10. Hi. Um, so Jim, I'm going to start you off straight away. Oh, straight in there, okay. Was it easy to come up with a Top 10? Yeah, I think so. The first post that I did in the in the, uh, in the the topic, I did whilst my son was falling asleep in bed and I was lying on the floor on my phone typing it out because if I don't do that then I fall asleep generally. So it took me maybe three minutes to come up with a top ten initially. And then since then, I've gone in and maybe jigged it around once as well. So, yeah, I think so. I mean, I've always, I had an idea in my head of games that I've liked a lot that aren't necessarily the best games, but games I've enjoyed. Yeah. However, it's one of those things. If somebody says, what about, I don't know, what about that game? You go, oh, yeah, that should be in the list as well, shouldn't it? So, I don't know, fluid. Yeah, I, I think... I'd, I'd expect, obviously I haven't spoken to everyone yet, but I'd expect most people would say, I know a hand, like, there's certain games that are just a lock, and no matter how many times I yeah, write this list, yeah. two or three of them are going to be on here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would say that's probably, yeah, yeah, definitely. There's two or three that are, would always be in there, but the rest of it is pretty, could change on a daily basis, to be honest, really. So the next question then, it doesn't matter what the answer is for this, but is this in order? Is this in like, a, this is my favourite, this is my least favourite? No, I don't think it is. So when I, I think when I wrote it out originally, maybe there was some kind of vague ordering to it. But no, no, I don't think there is. Uh, not anymore. Any, well, specifically for recording this, I've changed the order around anyway, so it's not really in a preference order anyway. There probably are maybe a couple of things in there that I would say are my favourite ever games, but... I mean, a lot of that is purely tied to nostalgia as well. And there's a game that I've taken... So, for example, I've taken Gran Turismo out, which I would also would say is one of my favourite games purely for a memories attached to playing it reason. Yeah. And that's not even the list anymore. So, yeah, so it, it's subject to switch. So. Did you find... Because um, obviously you've, you have got another racing... Well, you've got two, I guess, but mm. you've got another racing game in there that's comparable. Did you find that you were looking at it as a bit like, okay, no, I've got I've got one of those in. I don't need another one. I need to make space for this thing. Yeah, definitely. So, because I've also got Forza Motorsport 2 on my list. Well, mm, mm. Oh. if we could just not name any gym, <laughs> that'd, be a, that'd be a big help. Spoiler alert. So, yeah, there are two similar... <laughs> Initially, there were two similar types of console simulation racing games on my list. That Like... Like a Forza or something. Like a, maybe a Forza Gran Turismo yeah. type style game, maybe. Yeah. So the first game then on, on your list, again, it's not any sort of favouritism, just which one you're you're going through. One that is definitely, I think, regarded as a classic, uh, Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, and again, I think for the, lo- the longest time, if anybody said to me, what's your favourite game? I'd go Final Fantasy VII, and it would be like a an instant, like a not even thinking about a reaction to it. Because it is genuinely one of my favourite games. Well, that's why it's on this list, I suppose. Yeah. I think a lot of that comes from... It was the first type of that game I'd ever played, I think. Like, I never really played a proper JRPG prior to that. I played, like, the Zelda's and things. Um, but never a fully-fledged magic management, ridiculous story, 100-hour, well, 40-odd-hour gameplay and all the levelling and the, the weapons and all that kind of stuff that comes... You know, it's pretty much all the tropes of any kind of JRPG from the rest of the Final Fantasies through like Dragon Quest and all those types of things. But I'd never played anything like that before. And at the time, I mean, I don't know if you can remember in the run-up to that game coming out, or even if you were 
a PlayStation game, I'm not sure. But that game had been, it had been hyped up so much. Like, the, the build-up to it, because I think it came out in Japan earlier anyway. And so the run-up to it in other magazines, all the PlayStation magazines, which I used to get every month, was phenomenal. And there was stuff about it every month. And so the weight of expectation was massive already. And so then to start playing it and be like, this is like nothing I've ever played before. And, you know, it, it looked amazing at the time. It played really well. It still plays well now. The story was... Well, the story's bobbins, that's right. <laughs> the story's absolutely rubbish. But the characters are good. I think that's the key. And yeah, it is brilliant. And I did I kind of start getting doubts as to whether actually is, this, is it any good or not. Because I played it through when I was... I played it through to pretty much complete completion uh, when I was about 15, I think. Um, so doing, not just completing the, the storyline, but doing a lot of the side quest stuff, doing the, the optional weapons, apart from Ruby Weapon, getting all the, the bonus materia and all those bits and pieces. So like a 100-hour-odd gameplay file. And then I played it again maybe about 12 years ago, but yeah. didn't finish it. Got to, I think, disc 3, I think, perhaps. But recently, in, in the last couple of months, I've actually played it all the way through again and pretty much doing everything again as well. So I've done like the, the, all the main parts of the the summons and the materials and all those bits and pieces and actually it still holds it really well better than i expected you're saying about not playing anything like it and the hype for it when you compare it to like, i'm not a huge final fantasy no, no fan but i think final fantasy 6 did that come out i think that came out on the ps1 but it looked like um it, it very much like a, a sequel to the, the snes games they released this thing called final fantasy anthology i think it was called where they'd added in some of the like the fancy FMV cutscenes, yeah. but the rest of it was the same as the SNES version, effectively. But yeah, but it, it just to stress, it was um, whatever I think of it, it, it was a big leap over certainly what the series had done before. No, absolutely, yeah. I mean, no, it is, and I think having played six and seven, because six is a great game. Six is arguably the best Final Fantasy they've done, I would say, and that was pushing certainly pushing the boundaries of what a Super Nintendo could do. So to come in the next series in a game and actually not just be a a fancy kind of graphical step forward, but with not really much there in terms of design necessarily and gameplay. And actually it's got those elements as well. I think that was pretty well achieved, which is I think where they kind of fell down with 10, where 10 felt more like a, this is impressive because it's like full, fully voiced and it looked amazing, but it's such a linear experience and it was so different yeah. from the... The Final Fantasies that I played, sort of six through to nine, up to that point, where actually you've got this element of exploration, which is probably a big part of it as well, and sort of discovery. And ten took all those things away. You were following a, a piece of string and going through the story, and the story wasn't very good either. So for me, ten, I suppose for me, ten was a disappointment. Whereas if I'd gone from six to seven, playing six on a Super Nintendo through to seven on a PlayStation, it wouldn't have been a disappointment if that yeah. makes any kind of sense. Okay, so that was Final Fantasy VII. Um, the next game on your list, second game on, on your list, is Mario 64. Yeah, see, I, I love this game, and this is a game that hasn't aged well, unlike Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. But this was, it was brilliant. It was so much fun. And my my cart for Mario 64, I'd on all four saves, I'd done 120 star on all four saves. So I'd, like, complete the game <laughs> fully four times. And... That that is a game. Again, I started playing it uh, at the beginning of this year, 
an emulated version of it. And it hasn't aged very well. Like the I think the mechanics and things feel very ropey now. Like the yeah. the, the mechanisms don't work properly. But at the time, it was brilliant. It was so good. And I, because I'd never really spent a huge amount of time with the 2D Marios. Like, I had Mario All-Stars and the Snares, which was good. But it wasn't until later on when I played things like Mario World properly. And so, really, this was, other than the Game Boy Mario, this was the first Mario that I'd really played and properly fell in love with. And I've always had more of a a fondness for the 3D Marios than I have the 2D Mario. So, this... Sunshine's all right. Galaxy, those, and the 3D Marios on the... The DS and the 3DS. I, no, there's not a 3D Mario on the DS, is there? Not on... Well, Mario 64 came to the DS. Oh, yeah, I suppose it did, yeah. But no, oh. the 3DS Mario. Yeah. They've always been the, my Marios of choices, whereas I guess maybe most Nintendo fans would probably pick the 2Ds. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I didn't hate uh, the original Mario Brothers, or not the original Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers mm. on the NES. I was fine with it, but that's kind of what we had on the NES, that mm-hmm. punch out and, and some wrestling game, I think. And I didn't really play Mario 64. I wasn't, my experience with it are not particularly uh, favourable. But I, I didn't play it enough when it came out, I guess. So, obviously, yeah, like yeah. you said, it, any issues. Early 3D games can be quite hard to go back to because obviously that, they, were, yeah. they were learning. Yeah. So, but yeah, Galaxy and um, 3D Land and stuff are, are my favourite Mario games. They're the ones I, I prefer, the 2D ones. Not so much. Yeah, definitely so. And I think by the time they got to... I mean, like Galaxy. Galaxy should be on this list, really, because Galaxy might be a masterpiece, I think. Well, I was talking to um, Hendo when we were talking about games that there's a difference between... I'll probably end up having this conversation with every single person I record this <laughs> with. But there's a difference between your favourite games and what you think are the best games. Yeah, definitely so, yeah. Because, yeah, stuff like Galaxy would probably be up there and, it, and would probably make my top 100 or something, but... Mm. Um, it never crossed my mind to go into my top ten. Yeah. Um, yeah. So because it, you know, for, for whatever reason, but I, I suddenly it's probably maybe three D Land was the one that I enjoyed more, but Galaxy I think is the best of of the Mario games. Yeah, easily I think so. But, but yeah, but with Mario sixty four, I think what appeals to me is the a bit of a collectionist kind of thing as well, where you've got a specific number of things that you can collect in a level. You've got all your red coins. You've got your stars. These are the, basically if somebody's giving me like a task to do, like, oh okay, I could go do that, I suppose. Which I think also was part of the appeal of it as well. Is that that kind of not having to think about it too much? Is the mm. I've been given something to do, I'll go and do it. I haven't got to think around the subject too much. I've got a, a mission to go and do. Yeah, it's done. So I think that was a lot of the appeal as well. Which I mean, I can't really remember games that I played previously really having that kind of element to it very much. I suppose Donkey Kong. Country on the snares, maybe, but nothing was very really free roaming though, because everything had like a linear A to B. Yeah, aspect you couldn't. I'd say I don't think you could go back to a level in. Maybe I'm wrong in Donkey Kong. Whereas I think in Mario 64 you could go back. To well, yeah, that's part of the it? part of the thing, wasn't it? It's going back repeatedly yeah. and doing things too. So yeah, I think that that was part of the appeal as well. And that I suppose it comes down to that exploration and discovery thing as well, maybe. Mm. Okay, so if that's Mario 64, your next game, your third game, is Time Crisis. Yeah, I think this is an interesting choice that I think would be fairly unique to me, I guess. I don't think anybody else particularly talks very fondly about the Time Crisis as a uh, a game or a series, really. So I, I know a few people who, who love them. No one else has mentioned them on the forum. Mm. But I, I didn't spend... So I didn't really have a PS1, so it, I there was another light gun or another couple of like on series franchise that I really liked 
but yeah, light gun games don't tend to. I think people forget about them, but they do. I think because they're a bit throwaway, perhaps. I think just the nature yeah. of them, they're a bit sort of discardable. But yeah, Time Crisis again is on my list purely not because it's a particularly a great game, though it is a great game, but it's not one of the best games ever made. It's not even probably the best light gun game ever made, if I'm honest. But I spent, and I, I've spoken about this before, but I've spent, I must have spent hundreds of hours on that game, and yeah. specifically going through the first stage of the first game, endlessly shaving off milliseconds of my time on it. I was, I was going to say that the criticism of them was always, oh, there's not enough content. Mm. It's just, you know, it's just the game, just the arcade game, and, and then that's it. I don't remember caring too much when I had no. House of the Dead and Virtual Cop. I was quite happy to play them over and over. Absolutely, and maybe not, yeah. maybe not back to back, but I'd come back to it like the next day or yeah, know, definitely so. Yeah, because that was always a criticism of Ridge Racer as well is that it's just one track. But I mean, I think yeah, this is coming out of a time when they were pretty successfully replicating games that were still popular in arcades. Yeah, and. That had never been done on any previous generation of console. And the fact that you could play an arcade experience or close to an arcade experience in your own home and not have to keep putting in a pound or however much it was to, to, to replay it again and again and again, I think that's kind of underestimated, really. But, I mean, there's a lot of those Namco games that I played played loads of. There's Time Crisis and Ridge Race, Ridge Race Revolution, Tekken and Tekken 2, all those Namco arcade games I had all those on PS1 and played them tons and tons. I always used to come back to them. Hmm. Because they were that home replication of an arcade game. Not that I particularly had much interest in arcade games at the time necessarily, but... I had a 32X, and I got... I might have told this story before. Um, obviously, there wasn't a lot of games for it, and the games were expensive, but hmm. there was a second-hand shop in our town that one other person in my hometown must have bought a 32X and... <laughs> And and took it. <laughs> yeah, took theirs to the second-hand shop. And um, they had Doom, Virtual Racing, and uh, Virtual Fighter, and I forget what else. But they had Afterburner 2. And I'd got this... Um, or maybe they, they had it there as well. It was it was supposed to be like a racing wheel, but more like a Formula 1 oh, yeah, racing yeah. wheel. It wasn't a circular thing. And back then, we've definitely talked about this on a podcast before, the slots for a Mega Drive the ports for controls was the same for PCs and Commodores and Amstrad's uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. all that sort of stuff. So I, I bought Afterburner 2 and this racing wheel and kind of, like, I'd never been a huge Afterburner fan, but playing it with that racing wheel, sort of almost like airplane mm-hmm. joystick, I guess. I, well, no, it's not so much a joystick, but it added to it. It created this arcade feel. So yeah, yeah. Afterburner 2 was old when it came out on the 32X. So, like, having... There is something to be said for just, yeah, it's an arcade experience in your home. And it's just, it's a very simple mechanic, but it's got some sort of challenge to it, some sort of skill to it, and playing it over and over is... Because that's that's puzzle games. That's, you know, all sorts of games. Exactly, yeah. That's, that's you know, there's a few of those kind of... Uh, that's, I suppose that's a bit of a theme through the list that I've got. But with Time Crisis, it definitely was the replayability for me of it and the fact that... Because, I mean, I, I literally never used to play... I never used to complete the game. I could I complete the game a few times, and I could complete it quite easily without too much hassle. But I never, yeah. I would never would get go beyond that first level. I think there was even a, a time trial option in the uh, 
on the game anyway, so I didn't have to reset it or anything. Um, and there was even like some extra game on the PS1 version where you had like a, a tree-based thing that you're working through, like a hotel. A bit like I think it was riffing on Die Hard a little bit. And like I played through that a few times, and you go through like different scenarios. A bit like a outrun, coast to coast kind of style thing. Yeah. And that was quite good. That was all right. And that was, you know, that was essentially an extra game. But that never really, you know, maybe the first couple of weeks I'd play through those bits. But it was that first level that I just kept returning to and returning to and returning to. And I'd, I'd literally memorize the patterns of everything on it. And even when they mix up, there's like each, some of the enemies have two different routines depending on how you've done. And so I'd know which, which path they would follow depending on how I'd done the previous bits and things. So I played it so much and it became like muscle memory almost. And I don't know why particularly that first level kind of captured my imagination that much or captured some in, some interest in me in wanting to get so obsessively good at it. But it did. So yes, I must have put hours and hours and hours into it. And it was brilliant. I loved it. It was great. You know, mm. on a little 14-inch telly in my bedroom. It was brilliant. <laughs> I was going to ask you about the, the death of light gun games. We should probably probably move on, I guess. But mm. um, but yeah, it is, it's something I've been thinking about recently. It's, I'd, I'd love to play... So there's certain Lego games I'd like to go back to, and realistically, I don't know that I ever will. I have to go and buy a CRT and find space for it. Yeah, stuff, so. I'm. Uh, I don't. We could probably say this after the podcast, but I'm looking at an option to build a home arcade Lego system um, using cool. some emulation and some arcade ROMs and some <laughs> kit you can buy. Right. So this um, little side question, I guess. Not meant as any sort of commentary or anything, but you've got a few older games on your list, and it, based on something you've already said, actually, do you? I mean, you you have gone back to Final Fantasy VII, mm. um, so do you? Do you go back to stuff, and 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 when you do go back to the old games, it sounds like say Final Fantasy, you you did do this. Do you find it easy to pass what you act, you know, what you think of it? Can you get past your memory of it to experience it again? Yeah, no, I think so. I don't think any of the games on my list have aged particularly terribly, which I think maybe helps as well. So they are still fairly playable. There's definitely, I think, a weight of expectation that comes from any of those kind of things where you've built something up in your mind as being... We have memories attached to it and you probably yeah. misremember it when you replay it and things. I think if I replayed any of these, and there's a couple... There's another one on my list that I've replayed some of recently as well, but I'll talk to that when I get to it. So yeah, so I think definitely sort of revisiting them, I think uh, I think most of them I could definitely revisit and still still get some enjoyment out of it. And I think, if anything, I'd probably get more enjoyment out of it because it would be not only the game, but also I'd be also experiencing the, the memories that come with the game as well. Yeah. So if anything, I'd probably enjoy replaying these games more than I'd maybe enjoy playing a, a new game, for example. Okay, so number three for you was was Time Crisis. Number four, much more modern, Forza Motorsport Two. Oh yeah, I so, say it's modern. I mean, it must be getting on for it must be a decade old, though, I think. Oh, do you know what? I had that as Forza Horizon in my head. Oh no, I think because no, no. you just otherwise I just refer to it as Forza. Yeah, it's probably one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, you want to feel old. Forza Motorsport Two <laughs> came out closer to the release of Time Crisis than today. <laughs> That's probably about right. But actually, I think it's the it's the newest game on my list, though, actually. Looking at it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there was a toss-up in this list between Forza Motorsport 2 and Gran Turismo. So, so I've heard, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why... 
I do have a, I do have a particular fondness for racing games. I'm not particularly like a car person in real life. Like I've not got particularly that much of an interest in motorsports. Like a passing interest, maybe at most. And I'm not like a car head or anything like that. And things. Yeah. But I do really, I really like racing games, and to this day, still really like car-based games. And I think, I guess it comes down to the style of game that I like, where I like things that are fairly predetermined. So obviously you've got a track, it doesn't get much more predetermined than that. You've got a finite set of options you can pick from choice of cars. Well, quite a wide ranging series of options, I suppose. But still there's, you know, there's things you can choose from there. You've got a series of tasks that you have to sort of tick off and go through. And you can play it in short bursts and it's exciting, or you can sit and play it for hours and hours and hours and it's still exciting as well. So I think that's why I like racing games so much. And Forza Motorsport 2, I think, is... I mean, I don't, it's not probably not the pinnacle, because I guess the Forzas that have come since have maybe surpassed it. But for me, that was... The, it was the it was the thing that I wanted Gran Turismo to become when yeah. playing Gran Turismo. So Gran Turismo 1, the PS1 on PlayStation, was amazing. That was a, a proper boundary-breaking game. That was a revolutionary racing game, without a shadow of a doubt. And then they never really delivered on the on what they built upon the first one. Like Grand Turismo Two was kind of a bit of a rehash of the first one. Grand Turismo Three was fine; it looked pretty because it's on PlayStation Two. And then subsequent ones have just not been. It's diminishing returns, and it takes them forever to make them. Yeah, Forza. Uh, I played the Xbox Forza before playing Forza Two, and that's that's a really good game as well. That was on the original Xbox, and that kind of was a bit of a Grand Turismo killer at the time, but wasn't quite there. With Motorsport Two, Forza Two, they they got it right. Basically, you had like all the different kind of competitions. You had the different styles of car that you could choose from, going from sort of you know saloon kind of type cars and hatchbacks you could buy, realistically up to supercars and things. It all felt quite fair. The AI was quite good. It wasn't too rubber bandy. I don't think, unless I'm misremembering that. <laughs> I don't think it was though. And it just had a ton of shit to do. It was great, and I could just like chip away at it slowly. I could come in from work, play it for a few hours. And you know, it, it was great, and it it looked and it sounded great as well. Sounds like a more more grown up racing game for as you were starting to be a, a grown up coming home from work and playing that. Compared yeah, to- definitely. That is that is definitely it. And you know, it's it's maybe not the most fun racing game. It was fun to me. I mean, I'd argue that Project Gotham Racing One and Two were more fun games to play, like things like Burnout Paradise. Any of the Burnouts are probably more a more fun game to play, but. And I guess this is a bit of a recurring thing as well. But for me, it almost was a bit of a, a switching off thing as well. So like I could come in and play it for a bit and not have to think about it. Because I knew it so yeah. well. And I knew like the handling of the different cars and things so well. That I could play it and not really have to think about it too much. So it, just, it was like a like a relaxation thing, I guess, almost at the time when I was playing it so much. But yeah, no, it's, it was a, it's, probably still is a great game, I think. Okay. Your next game, that's Forza Motorsport 2. Your next game, which would be fifth on your list, um, yeah, in is, no particular order, <laughs> yeah, is um, Mario Kart Double Dash. Mario Kart Double Dash, the worst of the Mario Kart series. <laughs> See, no, I'm I'm with you. This is the only one that I've enjoyed. I love so. I love Double Dash so much. It's brilliant because I <laughs> I don't know why people think it's so rubbish as well. Like I never got the hate for it. People hate it though. Like people really hate it. So. Yeah. I was talking to the only other person at this point. I might not put these out in this order, so if this gets left in, just a bit of behind the scenes, I guess. Mm. 
but I was talking to Hendo about it, the only other person I've recorded with, and he's he's got a Mario Kart in night. I've said, why? Sometimes I was going to ask you, why this and not one of the others? Mm. Um, and we got to talk about Mario, uh, about Double Dash, and some people do seem to like it, and if, if you don't, it is the worst one. Whereas the people who like it, I think, seem to... Generally, there's a, like, yeah, no, it's the best, or it's one of the best. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what it did different. I don't know if it's because the gimmick, maybe, or I was thinking the tracks are quite wide, and maybe yeah. that was that was why. But. I mean, from a... Like, I never played huge amounts of Mario Kart before Double Dash. And I'll be honest, I've not mm. played huge amounts of Mario Kart since Double Dash either. Like, I never particularly got on very well with the SNES Mario Kart, which is probably most people's favourite Mario Kart because I never really played it much at the time and that is one of those games that I don't think if you didn't play a lot of the time when you go back to it now it hasn't aged very well yeah I don't think it's very good no but I guess at the time if you played it then maybe so Mario Kart 64 played quite a lot of with friends at 6 form mainly the battle mode uh, which is the best mode in that game by a long stretch but Mario Kart Double Dash came out as a university second year at university living with a six of the lads and we played the shit out of this game we played it we we could start playing it on a friday after uni we'd come home with a load of beers we'd get takeaways in we'd sit and play it like it wouldn't be off like the gamecube would be on from friday afternoon all the way through to sunday afternoon evening and we people would drop in and drop out and People would come around the house and drop in for a bit and people would go and pass out for a bit and wake up and come back in again and things. But for maybe two, two and a half months, it was never off. Like, we just used to play it round and round and round to the point where we'd all got so good that we got to the point where nobody's better than each other because we, <laughs> we all knew it so well hmm. that it become completely even again. Like, even the people that had sort of leapt ahead initially had then sort of got caught up where else because we just played it so much and we just knew, knew it back to front. And it was... I, and I can't even remember much about the game, I'll be honest. I think it was good. But it was just, yeah, it was just playing it and that kind of communal atmosphere of playing it and um, all like, the shit talking and all that kind of stuff that comes along with it and things. Yeah. Was why it's it's in my list and it'll always be in my list, I think. So, yeah. Okay. So, if, if number five on your list was Mario Kart Double Dash, number six is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. <laughs> yeah, and again, this comes back to the same thing of... I like collecting shit and tick- t- ticking things off, I think. So in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, I never played Pro Skater, or I played a little bit of on the Dreamcast. And I think Pro Skater 3 is probably the better game, maybe the best one in the series, maybe, out of 1, 2, 3, 4. So that was the Pro Skater 3 was on the PS2. So Pro Skater 2 was the last one on the PS- PS1. This just, I think this got a lot of that kind of stuff right. Like the, the skating mechanics are really good. Although I had forgot because I've been playing this again a little bit recently and it still plays pretty well but I had forgot they introduced the switch uh, what, I can't remember what they call it but basically it's a mechanic in the third one where you can carry on your combo where you can do like a, a switch when you land and then go into a like a what do you call it a wheelie thing to carry oh, on yeah. combos and things so you yeah. could do you could basically combo the whole level without stopping at millions of points which I thought you could do in Pro Skater 2 but you can't but they've pretty much got all the skating mechanics down really well the level design is great the, the, the levels are brilliant on it the soundtrack I think the soundtrack is the thing that people remen- uh, remember most fondly but the soundtrack's amazing like sort of Rage Against the Machine on it Melancholy and I think Deftones are on there as well I think perhaps and um, there's tons of really cool kind of American kind of punk and 
sort of new metal stuff that at the time, you know, this is like what the late nineties, early two thousands. And that was pretty much all I was listening to at that point in time anyway. So, so yeah, so it really kind of appealed to me on quite, quite a few levels. Yeah. And again, it's another game. It's one of the few games that I sat and did everything on. Like, um, I got all the bonus characters on it and maxed out every stats on it and did all kinds of stuff. Well, it's, it's also, it's a game, um, something you talked about with one of the two of the others that, uh, you can go back to that level and keep going at it and keep yeah, trying at it. Definitely, yeah, definitely. You it. can you can improve on it. You, you can. I think maybe it's a case of you can see improvements in how you're playing it as well. Yeah, um, it's definitely a toss up between this and three, two and three, in terms of which one is better. And I'd kind of put them. I'd almost put them lump them both in together to a certain extent. Well, that's just as an aside, I guess. Is I don't really mind people doing that with these lists. Yeah, as long as it's not something completely different, like Final Fantasies and. Dragon Quest, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. But like the equivalent of a FIFA, I couldn't tell. A Football Manager is the one I was thinking about. Mm. Is I can't tell you the difference between. Or well, ninety eight is the default greatest Football Manager, isn't it? Um, I think what it's regarded now as being it's Championship Manager two thousand one two thousand two. I think oh, is really? the okay. the classic people go back to. I might be wrong. It might be a year after that, but but that's what I mean. Is I've no idea. I played most of them, and I've no idea what the which one I think is best. <laughs> yeah. So you know, so if it comes to stuff like that where it's it's a very similar sequel, I, I think mm. I, I'm more than happy for people to just be like, yeah, and this because they're the same thing. It's just like a refinement. Or yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's exactly what it is with Pro Skater Two and Three. Is that two two laid a foundation for the game, and then three mm. three just did it better. And by the time they got yeah. to four, they were adding sort of too many gimmicks and things into it. Then it was diminishing returns really from there. So. Yeah, that's what I found. Is I my favourite? I think might be maybe even the first one. Mm. I didn't play them huge amounts, but I didn't like the third just because I felt it was too full of stuff. Right. So yeah. See, I did quite like the third because it was more full of stuff, but didn't feel like too much. But I definitely <laughs> felt like that by the fourth. Third. I was like, this is yeah. too much stuff. Yeah. Um, they sort of poked too much stuff in there. Okay. Definitely. So there's no sort of great theme for for yours in terms of consoles I guess but um, do you have a favourite console is the is the one you'd pick above the others I think yeah I think so I mean I've been thinking about this more recently as well like I think if you look at it if I look at it objectively for a console that has probably the most iconic and arguably the best games on it I think you'd, I would probably say well that should be a, a SNES a Super Nintendo but that doesn't include wouldn't include the games that I've enjoyed playing, mainly because when I had a Super Nintendo, I couldn't afford the games for it, so I only had three games for it, then I used to have to borrow mm. things. So my experience of a Super Nintendo is very much different from those those classic games. So for me, it's the PlayStation, and it still is now, where that console had... I mean, from this list, there's like one, two, three... There's three games on this list that are on there, and there could easily be more, without a doubt. And my period of most playing games was definitely on the PlayStation and most enjoying games I think was on the PlayStation as well. Yeah, because that's the other thing with your list, you mentioned it before, is you've not got anything particularly recent. Mm. And so is it just uh, this period in time is, is when you played stuff and just happened to be then? Or, or do you think there's maybe a, a slight uh, aversion to recency, I guess? I've been, I think... It's something I've been thinking about with my list as well. Is, yeah. Like, do I want to... Like, it's the stuff I'm not putting in because I feel like it's not been tested yet. It's not mm. had the time yet. I think there's an element of that to it. I mean, partially, my, ga- I mean, my gaming's dropped off massively in the last couple of years anyway, but arguably over the last 10 years, it's been a, a declining thing. 
anyway. But that's not to say, I mean, I've had, I've always had a regular version of whichever the current console is, so I'd had like a 360 and a PS3 at the same time. In the previous generation, got a PS4 now. Uh, I always had most of the handholds and things, so I've never been out of the gaming loop, as it were. But I think certainly, like certainly in the PS4 generation of games, I mean, I've had a PS4 for three years, perhaps, nearly? No, maybe not, two years, I think. There's nothing on there. There's been I've enjoyed playing games on there, but there's nothing on there that I would say would be in my this is the best game I've ever played list. Mm. That would be different, I think, for the PS3 and the Xbox 360. Like I played that was a that was a really good generation for games. I think. Yeah. Um, it was I quite think a that, long one as well. It was quite a long one, and I think they really got the 3D stuff working, whereas it hadn't really previous worked. It, like the, if you look at games from like the PlayStation One era and the Xbox. Saturn. Those games graphically haven't aged terribly well, although where they're using those kind of new technologies to them. Whereas they kind of got all that stuff working better, I think. Yeah. Um, it was also the era where you had, like, I was going to say the eShop, but the Xbox Live Arcade and PSN and stuff. So yeah, that's true as well. smaller yeah. games started to appear again and find, yeah. find a place. Definitely so. And then also things like online as well, I guess, as well, maybe. Mm. Um, not that I ever really played that that much. No, I think, I mean, if I, if you said to me, do a list of the last 15 years, you can only pick things in the last 15 years, I could still pick a list of 10 games. I'd actually love to, loved when I was playing them and still love to play again. Like Arkham Asylum and uh, Outrun Coast to Coast, uh, maybe Modern Warfare perhaps as well, I enjoyed that a lot. Orange Box, all those kind of things over in the last sort of 15 or so years. Which isn't that new, technically, but <laughs> still. But yeah, new with anything on this list, though. Yeah. Okay, so uh, number six then was, was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, and number seven, you're in back again, mm. um, Zelda Link's Awakening. This is my favourite Zelda game, and it's only one of two Zelda games I've completed, this and Wind Waker, although I've played the majority of them, but very few to the end. I, I spoke about this on the 20 Questions recently with Fly, but this game, I... Th- I th- I'd sort of forgotten about it for a long time and it was only really I think maybe when thinking about the 20 questions podcast and sort of going making a list of consoles that I'd owned and listing the games on the Game Boy that I'd owned I was like actually that game was amazing and I'd I'd got caught up with the with the adventure aspect of that and it's the only kind of adventure type game on my list apart from maybe Final Fantasy 7 I suppose but it's one of the few kind of story driven uh, games on there and I just got completely absorbed in the world of it. And I think initially it was that kind of fascination of how they'd created that rich world in terms of not just in the way it looked, but in terms of it had character and it felt like a, like a living environment almost on a, on a Game Boy, you know, on a, on a monochrome Game Boy that has literally kilobytes worth of memory. And so there was that initial being blown away with that part of it. But then also like the story was good and the dungeons are great and it was, it was like a fully kind of realised Zelda experience. You had all the different weapons. It was brilliant. And I did, I replayed that, this as well, quite a while ago now, maybe before I moved to Birmingham. So we're talking more than 10 years ago, I replayed this. It was when I, I played it on the on the DS, in fact. I had it poking out the bottom of my DS uh, when I was <laughs> at work. And I remember thinking at the time, this this plays brilliantly. This plays really, really well. This is, a, this, is a, this is a proper Zelda game. It's a shrunken version of one, but it's a proper adventure RPG game yeah and it's great it's brilliant I would start talking to you about um, Wind Waker as well but or, or maybe the modern so you're, you're talking about getting a, a Switch mm, at yeah. the minute um, so you may already have one by the time this goes up 
are you going to get uh, Breath of the Wild? Yeah, I think so. Just because there's so much talk. Uh, generally speaking, I've not heard anybody say anything bad about it, which is quite rare for a game. I haven't played it yet. You haven't played it yet. Uh, maybe you'll maybe you'll think it's shit. Perhaps I don't know. Yeah, I, I make a point now. <laughs> yeah, so, this is part of shit. No, I definitely would pick it up and play it. I've not played a Zelda game that I've gone. Oh, I don't like this. Although I wasn't massively a fan of Twilight Princess, but I didn't probably give it enough time to get into it. Perhaps Ocarina of Time I didn't play a huge amount of, which is most. I think that's most people's favourite between that and um, Link to the Past. I guess. Uh, Link Between Worlds, did you? Given it's, uh, that's what I don't know if they're all is that tied. The DS together. or advanced ones, is it? Three uh, DS. It's the one where it's flat and then. Uh, oh no, I never played that. Well, that looked good though. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah, a reimagining of um, Link to the Past. I think. Ah, I yeah, of course. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Oh no, you know what? I have got that on my DS because I three uh, DS. Sorry, because I bought the code off eBay and I never actually loaded it up. Hmm. Maybe I should do that. Perhaps. No, I like the I like the Zelda games, but I wouldn't. So apart from Wind Waker, I wouldn't necessarily think to put any of them on a, a list like this, other than Link's Awakening, um, where that was the one that that was the one that really properly captured my imagination. Yeah. Okay. So um, number seven was Zelda Link's Awakening. So number eight is uh, again another another handheld one, Tetris. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Tetris is one of those things that people would have as a favourite game or not because everybody everybody's so familiar with it it's almost it's almost like having like solitaire or something as a yeah as a favourite game but I love Tetris I love the it's a satisfying game it's the it's, it's, you can't there's a lot to be said for the I guess almost like the tactileness of just four four squares in different configurations slotting neatly into each other which is a running theme, I think, for me, perhaps. Things fitting neatly into things, perhaps. There's the satisfaction of getting like a getting a Tetris or getting a double Tetris and that all coming together nicely. And like things like in the later iterations of the game where you could do like the T spinning where you could then shuffle things around once they've landed if you're quick enough. And there's like another extra sort of uh, agile element to it of I don't know, it felt like something that maybe started out as a glitch almost and it turned into a mechanic maybe perhaps. Yeah, so you could if you had a, a space just off to the side, like mm. underneath something. You could let it land and then just shift it. Once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so little things like that where you think, oh, if you're doing stuff like that, you're like, I've mastered this game now. I know what I'm doing now. And um, yeah, so there's definitely that part of it to it in terms of you know, I still play Tetris now, although most of the versions of it now are the shitty kind of EA sponsored versions that are hmm. not great, which is a bit frustrating because the DS Tetris is probably the best version of Tetris outside of um, the original Game Boy version. Incidentally, I've never played Tetris on a cons like a proper tele console. I don't ever play yeah. it handheld. Like it's something for, for me. It's something that has to be handheld. It's not a. It's not a sit down on the sofa with a controller experience. Yeah, I do. I think puzzle games in general tend to um, work better on a handheld. Yeah, um, definitely so. Yeah. What well, Tetris as well? It's one of those games. Space Invaders weirdly has this as well, and Galaga maybe mm. a few other sort of old games where you don't have to necessarily do a lot to them to get them to work in modern time. So Tetris DS, for example, mm. and you've got. Tetra, uh, Battle Tetris or Tetris Gaiden, I think it's called. Yeah. Poyo Poyo Tetris, which, all right, they've done a bit with that, but you can get people excited by Tetris. Yeah. Quite easily. Exactly. Well, I've been playing a bit of Tetris Attack as well, which is a different version of Tetris that I've not played before, where it's you have to move. So the screen, the blocks are already on the screen and all the blocks move up. You have to shuffle individual blocks around to make patterns, like move them down the screen, basically. Yeah. And that, again, it's a, just a reworking of a similar matching colours in lines mechanic but again 
yeah, it works. You know, when it's done right, it really works really well. Yeah. Yeah, I think since EA have bought the rights to it, though, I don't think the Tetris games have been particularly great. Like the one on the 3DS, the version that's on the eShop there, doesn't feel quite right. I don't know why. I think, that, again, it's that kind of thing where they've overcomplicated it, perhaps. There's too many different yeah. modes. And I think the DS version, yeah, is, is the best the best version of that outside of the, uh, for me anyway, outside of the original Game Boy version. Yeah. Okay, so um, your uh, penultimate game then, Tetris was number eight, and number nine is a personal favourite of mine, actually, Jim. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's on my list, but it would be pretty close. Game Dev Story. Ah, This, I genuinely think this might might be my favourite game ever, perhaps. (laughs) Which is quite a big thing for what started out, what still is effectively a Japanese flip phone game like i've only ever played it on i've pl- i've played it on any device that will run it that i've got it on so i played it originally on the iphone 3gs then i played it again on the iphone 4 then i played it again on the iphone 5 and the iphone 6 mm. i played it on the when i had an android phone i played through it again when i got my kindle fire i played through it again basically anything that will run it <laughs> i've sat and played through it again and when you get a perfect score on your gate on your on your costume puzzle fighter 10 and, <laughs> and you've hit the stats perfectly that is genuinely one of the most satisfying gaming moments i've ever had and it is <laughs> you know to the point where i was taking like screen capture of things and i think i might have been sending them to you in fact <laughs> yeah I, I, you probably were yeah. one of my favorite things with it as well was like i was playing it i just started playing civ 5 for the first time i'd mm. never played a, a civ game and i was playing it and i had a a shitty commute at the time. I was going from Manchester to Huddersfield, and uh, so I, I wasn't sleeping a lot, and I was just getting in, and it was kind of one of those, like, I, I just have to get a takeaway, or just get mm. a sandwich or something, and, and eat, and then get stuff to, you know, play something, because otherwise I'm not going to get a chance. And so I said five, though, I was supposed to be going to bed at like ten to be up at half six or six or something, and I was, I was staying up until like three in the morning or four in the morning just not sleeping just mm. you know getting a shower and going to work because i was so hooked by civ 5 i remember finishing civ 5 completing it and it was about 10 o'clock maybe and i was like okay well I'll, i can't sleep yet i'll start game dev story and <laughs> i was up till about three again but, um, like two or three just like oh my god and like one of those where I've, i played it so much that i had to plug the the fully charged device yeah, 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 definitely. Code. So, yeah, yeah, I remember being anchored to a wall socket just because I couldn't stop playing it, and the battery was yeah. running down too fast. And part of the fun of it was coming up with game titles because you start yeah. off doing yeah. sort of normal. This is you know, Dragon Battle and stuff like that. You know, really generic. Yeah, this is what yeah, a game yeah. would be called. Then you end up with just stupid nonsense, and it spirals because the stupid nonsense <laughs> is the stuff that ends up doing all right. Yeah, and you're like, right, right. okay, I've got to do a sequel. I haven't actually unlocked the skill to do a sequel yet. But this did well, so I need to do this formula again, but change something or just yeah. improve the staff. Yeah, a bit. yeah, yeah, so, yeah it's, um, it's, it's br- something else. It's brilliant. I think it's. Uh, I think it is genuinely a good game as well. I don't think it's just a game that I like. I think it is genuinely a good game. And I've played some of the other things they've made, like there's racing team story. Yeah, well. F one story. Story, and I don't know. It's the same thing again, but a different reskin of it. And I didn't really. It's okay, it's fine, but yeah, Game Dev Story is the one that I return to. I guarantee I'll play it again as soon as I get, I don't know, if I get another new phone or something, I'll put it on there again and I'll become obsessed with it for a couple of weeks and play it as much as I can and 
complete. I never really got into the console development side of things. I'm going to do that next playthrough. Yeah, I never got close to it. I think Hendo managed it. But I yeah, I got. I, I, I started it. dipping my toe into it in the last run through, but it's quite it's quite a big leap in terms of because you kind of run out of time in the game as well. I can never do yeah. it in the time they allow you. Yeah, I wanted to carry on. Mm. Um, I think that's. I'd never been back, and that was. I think why is that I wouldn't have stopped playing it. Yeah. If it let me carry on, I would just carry on playing it. Yeah. But I'd also, given that games were so popular, I'd, I'd skew in favour of certain consoles. Mm. So if there was a console that I liked, or the representation of it, I knew what it was supposed to be. Yeah. I'd keep supporting that console just so that it, like, okay, we're still doing like five million copies. Did, did of you this keep game. Sega alive way past what they I were did. Alive? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> the natural lifespan. The Saturn's the best selling console in the world. <laughs> it's like alternate history. <laughs> Was there? I mean, I know because I, I know you've altered the list, so I, I know you have got some, but it doesn't necessarily have to be those ones. Anything, let's say two or three if you want, also around um, extra ones that you, you really didn't want to cut, or just stuff you want to give a, a mention to because no one else is going to. Yeah, it's probably a couple of things actually. Lemmings was very close to being on the list. I feel bad there's nothing on the Master System on the list because that was the first console I had, and I've played a lot of games on that that I really liked. Um, but then that's not that's not seen any representation here. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I, I mean, I'd, I'd like to support you on it, but I can't think of anything that I'd say no. holds up that well. well. I, there was a basketball game where you played as monsters. Oh, I never played that. Oh, it, it was good, but again, it wasn't. There's been better basketball. Games. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I mean, the Sonic on the Mass System was good. I like that, but it wasn't, it wasn't as good as the Mega Drive version. But Lemmings, which I had on the Mass System was on on and off this list a little bit and again I, I quite like puzzly games I quite like puzzle games and things that you you know you've got a sort of limited amount of resource and things well. Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 you know if you ask me again maybe in a week's time they might be on the list maybe just because uh, I love that series of games well to a point I love that series of games Gran Turismo oh yeah I mentioned Gran Turismo already but that, yeah, that bounced in and out a little bit although ultimately that got knocked out because of the subsequent games of maybe Solid the experience of the first one perhaps yeah. a little bit Rock Band and Guitar Hero probably should be in there maybe um, maybe specifically Guitar Hero 1 just because that felt like a bit of a revolution when that came out at the time like nothing and like that was brilliant and it was completely original although it, I suppose it's a rip off of whatever that <laughs> Japanese guitar game was called in the arcade yeah I was I was biting my tongue with that one just yeah um, yeah yeah, the, yeah the, but I know what you mean like for most people that will be the first Bimani game that like yeah, definitely so. Yeah, I mean, certainly. outside of outside of an arcade, outside of Japan, it was <laughs> yeah. people's first experience of plastic instruments. Yeah, which is a bit bad for like Sam Domingo and things like that, maybe. But yeah, I say so, yeah. Pe- most people didn't know Spatula growing up because he, he had <laughs> Taiko no Tatsu. Is it the, the drum one? Oh he yeah, had another. Yeah, yeah. He had like a another sort of drum one that was more like electronic drum, mm. and I think he had a. I can't remember what the guitar one was called, but I'm sure he had that as well. Yeah. I didn't know they did like a home version of the guitar, that guitar one. I can't remember what it's called either. But I think, I want to call it Guitar Freaks. Yes, that's that it. That be. is what it's called. Yeah. I'm sure that's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he had that. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, anything with plastic peripherals is a pretty, pretty safe bet, really. 
Yeah. Also, well done for mentioning Sampa de Amigo as well. No one, I don't think anyone else is going to mention it. It's a game that, unfortunately, the controllers didn't age well. No. Um, no. Last time I set it up and tried playing it, it really didn't work how I remembered it working. I remember it being pretty <laughs> good. And the game's fine. There's nothing mm. wrong with the, the game. It's the, the controllers, controllers maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like a VR version of it, I'm sure, would work. The Wii version better. of it with Wiimotes. Yeah, but it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't very good. Yeah, right. Yeah, what else gets honorable mention? I think that's probably it, really. I think I think there's probably other things that maybe would be in there, maybe, but maybe Mass Effect, maybe. No, I don't think Mass Effect would be actually, to be honest. Okay, all right then. So um, the final game then mm. on your list is uh, you sort of slightly mentioned it before with the orange box, but it's it's Portal. Yeah, as a bit of a tease there. I was being deliberate not to mention <laughs> Portal. <laughs> Portal. So when I got the orange box, I got the orange box when I was on like a two and a half week holiday at work. Uh, over the Christmas period and bought Orange Box as a treat for myself because it was like 25, 30 quid or something on Xbox 360. And so I played through Half-Life 2, which oh, is great, Half-Life 2, brilliant, really good. Uh, played through Episode 1, I think, as well. Half-Life 2, Episode 1. Mm. And that was good. And then I think I'd just finished that and it was maybe about quarter to 11 at night. But couldn't be able to go to sleep, so I was just thumbing through the rest of the Orange Box. Put on Team Fortress 2 for a bit. And then got destroyed in a game online by it. Thought, oh, okay, I'll have a look at Portal then. Now, I think I'd read reviews of Orange Box, and I know Edge had given Orange Box as a collection a 10 out of 10. And I think I knew that Portal had had lots of really positive buzz and stuff about it. So I switched that on at like uh, quarter past 11 or something, and then I didn't stop playing it. And I think I played it through till about 3 or something in the morning. I think I finished it in one sitting, near enough. I got to the last, the last section in one in one go, like I'd done the whole yeah. thing in one go. It was just a game that kept on giving. So you got the initial mechanic of zipping around with the portals and things like, oh, this is really cool, it's really clever, and the setting, that kind of really stark, sort of futurist setting where just the way that they sort of pan, the way that that game reveals itself is just masterful in terms of, you can tell from the start that things aren't quite right and things have gone a bit wrong, but the way it reveals itself is is fantastic. But, you know, you've got the initial... You're playing the game, you've got the sort of the stark grey settings and you're sort of being guided through by an AI and things. And you think, okay, this is, this is good, this works very well. And you've got the clever mechanics. And then they start drip-feeding in all the, the subliminal stuff that's going on as well. And you start peeking sort of behind the curtain. And, like, the first time in, like, one of the levels, I don't know, it's like maybe the sixth or seventh level in, perhaps, where you can... Well, in fact, it's the level where they start mentioning about the cake and stuff, and the cake is a lie. And you get a glimpse of the story of the game. And there's no plot, there's no... Uh, what's the best way to say it? I don't know if there's no plot or no story. There's no plot in the game as such, but all the story is just revealed through incidental background stuff and then GLaDOS going a bit mad. Yeah, like little things like walls being a bit knackered. It's just all done so subtly, which I think is... is There's not enough games do that. Not enough games use subtlety to, to sell a story. And it is... If you did ask me, actually, have I got a favourite game? I think it might have to be Portal. And I think that's why I put it at the bottom of the list. Just because that was such a fantastic experience. And it's this experience that you can't re-get from playing it multiple times, I don't think. Like, you can get better at the levels and find better ways of solving the puzzles. And it's enjoyable to replay again. I'm not saying it's not an enjoyable experience. But playing through that the first time is was brilliant. was absolutely brilliant. And Portal 2 is excellent as well. Because it hasn't got the same... I don't know, reveal as what Portal had, I suppose, maybe, perhaps. In yeah. Terms of, and I think it helped from having played it quite early on where not many people were talking about it. So now maybe there's 
too much hype almost to maybe enjoy it as a pure experience as well. Yeah, maybe enough times passed that people don't Perhaps know so, what maybe, it is yeah. outside. Maybe of, so, like, yeah. If you got, you know, if you showed it to someone, um, yeah. No, my experience with it was sort of similar to yours actually. That got the orange box. I was moving house and um, we were going to be without internet for a bit, and I'd, I'd bought a PC. Uh, it had a graphics card and it was, you know, it was a, a reasonable PC. It wasn't particularly great. It ran Crisis mm. up until a point and then it had shot. Basically, the last boss would make the PC shut down. But yeah, so I, I but it, it ran Half Life 2 and stuff like quite easily, actually. Mm. So I thought, right, okay, I'm going to be without internet for a bit. Orange Box is on sale. I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. And the same as you, I'd, I'd played Half Life 2, so I then played through Episode 1, Episode 2. It was then. Um, and are in a bit about oh you know okay I'll, I'll play this portal thing that apparently is decent but it just looks like it you know it's just apparently it's short and I don't know yeah it just doesn't sound appealing mm. I guess and yeah as it reveals itself like I had a few issues with it I forget what they were but I got a bit frustrated by certain bits and Glados as a character and and you know how that story's told and how funny it is but it's not as um, I think the same game made now would be very meme based. Yeah, and, yeah. Like because Paul Two had sort of a, uh, the uh, I forget his name, Steve Merchant. Yeah, but I forgot what the characters. Uh, yeah, I can't remember either. But he was he was a very jokey character. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, was it Zip something or other? The the guy. Oh, who, who's um? Is he on the company or something? Yeah, yeah. Zip or Zip. Anyway, he's. It's Schillinger from um, Oz, I think. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, he's J like, J Simmons. Yeah, J K Simmons. It. Yeah, so he's he's you know he's he's good, but again, it's very very joking, very very mm. almost like future armory, I guess. And yeah, then, yeah. Glados though wasn't in the first game. It was this sort of unsettling and but funny. It was sharp. It was well written. It, mm. you know, it wasn't nasty or anything. But you know, the the joke quite often was to give you something and then take it away. And it was rare you'd... I don't think I'd seen a game have that sort of humour in it before. I don't think at the time I realised how important a game that is. Whereas if you go and look on any of the platforms now, but mm. particularly on Steam, there will be a, a puzzle game that has a story tied to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely so. Yeah, I think it has paved the way for a lot of things that have come since in that. I think it maybe you always relaunch puzzle games as a thing almost as well. Because, I mean, that is probably one of the most successful sub-genres of games now, sort of plot-driven puzzle games. But um, no, I think, yeah, I think that'll be one of the things that in 10, 20 years' time when they're sort of compiling these lists of greatest games ever and most influential games made, I think Portal will be in there. I think Portal will be in there above the Half-Lives, to be honest. Um, yeah. Um, um, yeah, there, I, I got a book somewhere. I don't know where it is, but it is like the 100 greatest games ever made. And it's, it's quite an old book now, mm. but it's got... I, the one that sticks in my head is that Advance Wars is in there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think if the same book now, I'd, I'd put I put Portal in there. I'd also put Half-Life 2 in there, probably, mm. but neither of which <laughs> were anywhere near my list. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's that you know it's that thing of important, amazing games that aren't necessarily your favourite, but but you can still acknowledge. No, no, this was this was legitimately good. Yeah. Just, sometimes things need to be a bit broken for you to like click with them. Yeah, definitely so. Definitely so. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, um, yeah. Well, thanks for joining me, Jim. That's okay. Thank you for having me on. It's been it's been good fun. Yeah. Well, in, in another ten years or so, we'll we'll do this again. Uh, re- um, a redux. 
Yeah. See, and I'll really, I'll really be a prick about it. It's all right. Well, ten years ago, you said this was your favorite thing. <laughs> Why isn't it on there now? Why isn't Double Dash on there anymore? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, like I said, these are these are going out monthly. So yours will be one of the early ones, I think. May not be the second, but uh, but yeah. So um, if you're on the forum, feel free. Not necessarily you, this Jim. Just anyone listening. Feel free to add to the thread, um, discuss what's been in there or, or, or anything. The thread's there to be used, not to, uh, it's not just for my benefit of being able to find people's lists and stuff. Like, feel free to, uh, have a conversation in there and, uh, discuss people's choices, I guess. But yeah, thanks for listening and, um, hope you enjoyed it. Thank you. Bye.